Good morning, family. Oh, man, I'm so thankful for the opportunity to get to worship God. Movies and TV shows have rating systems. They describe what you can expect to view or experience when you watch them. You guys know what I'm talking about, right? As a former Blockbuster video employee... I had to know these things, okay? <laughs> I'm just glad y'all know what Blockbuster Video is, okay? <laughs> so let's do a quick quiz on the rating system. What does TVY7 stand for? That's right. What about PG? Well, that's right. What about NC17? <laughs> <laughs> what about R? Restricted. Restricted. And what about MA? Mature, Mature audiences, right? <laughs> well, let me tell you, uh, today's passage, today's passage should be rated MA. Yeah. <laughs> it should be rated MA for mature audiences because of the strong language Jesus uses, okay? So you may find Jesus' language offensive. You might find his language um, disturbing or insulting. Um, you might find his language to be graphic um, all at first, but just maybe, somebody say maybe. Maybe after the initial shock passes, you'll receive his heart. You'll receive his answer. You'll receive his, somebody say life. Yeah, you'll receive his life and his solution that our soul was made, made to receive. Okay, are y'all ready for this passage? Okay. Let's read it now out of Matthew's account, the 16th chapter, verses 24 through 27. Then Jesus told his disciples, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and forfeits his soul? Or what shall a man give in return for his soul? For the Son of Man is going to come with his angels in the glory of his Father, and then he will repay each person according to what he has done. Is the gravity of that sinking in? It's pretty heavy. That's heavy, but if you take into consideration, before this moment, an equally heavy passage happens. And what has happened before the passage we just read is Jesus is in a conversation with his friends, his disciples, and one of the disciples says to Jesus, Don't go to the cross. Somebody said, you, you said it, it was Peter. And Jesus looks at his friend, Peter, and it says, he says, get behind me, Satan. That's pretty rough. When Jesus calls you Satan, that's rough. <laughs> one of our understandings for what it means to be, or one of the definitions used for Satan is the word opponent or adversary. So if you were to say Satan, you might be saying opponent, opposition, or adversary. Jesus tells his friend, get behind me, opponent. Because in this moment, when Peter says this to Jesus, Peter's reacting to Jesus telling the disciples, his friends, the listeners, what his mission was. That his mission was to go to a cross. 
And so this friend in this moment reacts and says, no, no, no. And Jesus says, no, 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 no. That's my mission. And then in the passage we just read, Jesus goes one step further and he says, not only is it my mission to go to the cross to fulfill what is written in Scripture, but you who follow me, you're going to wear a cross too. You're going to have a cross too. Jesus totally took what it meant to have a teachable moment, didn't he? He said, not only am I going to the cross, but you have a cross too. You have a cross too. So we're going to discuss this some more, but before I go any further, I want you to know what I'm calling today's message. Somebody help me out. Repeat after me. When comfort becomes the enemy. When comfort becomes the enemy. Yeah, y'all help me out in that chat there. I see you there. Good morning, Miss Aline. Good morning, Maddie. Good morning, Bumpy. Good morning, Fauna. You guys help me out in the chat if you have access to a keyboard. When comfort, one more time, when comfort becomes the enemy. There we go. When comfort becomes the enemy. Let's, let's pray into this. Father, thank you for anointing your word for our everyday aches and pains, for our everyday wins and losses, for our eternal longings to enjoy you right now and forever. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So in our Reimagine 2022 series, we've been using a framework to help our brains work. It's an acrostic that I've been calling I Am to help engage our minds and the text in front of us. So there are three things we're looking for in the text using the I am framework. Um, by the I, it's the identifiers. Y'all say identifiers. Yeah, that's just another word for labels or descriptors having to do with identity. What does the scripture call our identity? What does it call us and them? So we're looking for that, these identifiers. The letter I. Uh, the letter A stands for actions. Y'all say actions. So what actions do we see them taking? What actions do we see them taking? What are they actually doing? The letter A. And then M stands for manifestations. Or what do we see happening? Or uh, what effects do we see taking place? That's for the letter M. All those come together for the word. Somebody say, I am. Yeah, so let's look at this particular scripture or this passage that we read through that little grid. And that's something you could do in your own devotional time. When you're just, you know, getting some word in and you want to meditate on the word or pray into it. So let's show them that first card. That first card was identity. In the passage we read, there were three labels, descriptors, identifiers Jesus used or that we see in the passage. One was identifiers and the other two, or excuse me, one was disciples. And then the other two was uh, anyone and whoever. Anyone and whoever. On the actions card, let's show them that. Jesus said, come after him. Deny yourself. Take up your cross. Follow Jesus. Lose your life for Jesus' sake and find life. And then let's look at that manifestations card. He said he would come with angels in the glory of the Father and he said he would repay each person according to what he has done. Now, each one of those I am cards, I believe they are available. Are they available in our YouTube description? If they aren't right now, then they will be later uh, for you note takers. And if you want a cool testimony on note taking, be sure to talk to one of our DBS leaders, Jenny Gabriel Christos, about that. Jenny, just wave your hand so they kind of know where you are. Just wave your hand up there. You got to wave it higher. There you go. Boom. After that breakdown of those cards, those I am cards, let's read the passage one more time. And this time, I want you to read it aloud with me. Let's read it together. Then Jesus told his disciples, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and forfeits his soul? 
Or what shall a man give in return for his soul? For the Son of Man is going to come with his angels in the glory of his Father. And then he will repay each person according to what he has done. All right, y'all ready? I believe there's some things we need to hear about that to help with our relationship with God, ourselves, with this culture, with our places where we live, work, learn, and play. Okay, so just, just hold on. Jesus uses this word, or we see it in the passage, disciples. And, and I, and I, and I want to tell you, um, I know what a disciple is, but one of the words used for disciple is the word Christian. This is one of the words Christian. And I know how the term Christian shows up in Scripture. The, the three times I believe it shows up in Scripture, I know how it's used. I know how it's handled. I know how it was introduced. I, 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 I get it when I read the text. But when people say they're Christian, I don't really know what they mean. It's like, I got to know your life a little better and kind of see where you're coming from. And then when you take into the fact that there are cults, especially in Los Angeles, that talk about a Jesus, you better really lean in about anything with those kind of, with those kind of words. Now, it's like I feel, uh, it's like I would feel less curious when someone said they were a Christian if, 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 if the Christians did what my Jewish friends do, you know, what my Jewish, my, my Jewish friends say, uh, they say, I'm Jewish, but I don't practice. You guys have Jewish friends like that? Yeah, they say, I'm Jewish, but, you know, I don't, I'm not practicing. Because I like the description, because I, sometimes I kind of like to know what I'm really dealing with. Who am I talking to? How, how are we going to relate? <laughs> what, what, what are we talking about? Um, but around here, one of the terms you'll hear us use a lot because of passages like the one we just read is the, is the term or identifier, Jesus follower. Jesus follower. We, we use that term a lot around here because it's, it's more descriptive. And, and although there are different cults out there, and especially in L.A., at least it gets us a little closer, much closer of, of being on the same page to be able to talk about Okay, where you're coming from and where, where I'm coming from or where a person might be coming from. Because I have a clear picture in my mind based on the scripture of what Jesus followers do. It's real clear. You could just open the book and just see, man, these are some, you know, for the most part, these are some loving people, forgiving people. I mean, they put their foot in their mouths and do things like this, you know. But, you know. You, 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 you kind of know what the expectation is of a Jesus follower. You know what kind of power is going to flow from their life. You, 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 you get that when they're coming to you about something, they're genuinely seeking to add value. There's just not all these questions, or there shouldn't be, or there shouldn't be. Are y'all feeling me? So in our text, Jesus uses uh, three words. He uses the word disciple, anyone, and whoever. And his intent is real clear. Anybody can be his disciple. Anyone. And so he casts a big old wide net. That's right, Derek. Glory for sure. Because I'm in the anyone. I'm in that category of anyone. So his intent is real clear. He's cast a big old huge wide net. Y'all say for everybody. 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 So, so, so let's just talk real quick. What, what is a disciple? What, what, what is a disciple? Different Various systems of thought, philosophies have disciples. Any, any religion or faith, ideology can have a disciple, okay? Spielberg has disciples. Economists have disciples. Jesus has disciples. Tony Robbins has disciples. Gandhi had disciples. The online Oxford Dictionary defines disciple like this, a follower or student of a teacher, leader, or philosopher. Okay? Now, for Jesus, we get a more specific glimpse of his definition or the job description of a disciple in that passage we just read. Jesus says, anyone? Y'all say anyone? anyone. Or say whoever? whoever? He's looking for those who would identify with him. But watch these distinctions because it's, it's easy to miss this stuff. It's like you, you really focus on it, you get it. Say, with him. Identify with him and denies themselves to the benefit of God and others. 
what some of you might know or think of as a kingdom mindset. Denying oneself is also called in that passage, taking up the cross. Taking up the cross. Are you with me so far? Okay, good. Y'all are trucking. Matt Fragile? Okay. Theoretically, those terms Christian, Jew, Jesus follower, and disciple of Jesus basically mean the same thing. Jesus says it real sharp in Luke 14, 27. Check it out. He says, whoever does not bear his own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. I was right. Have you ever heard that? I told you this stuff is offensive. Especially if you're caught up in all that, you know, that imbalance of God is love. Y'all, this is the funniest thing. Was that me or was that something else? I think God was laughing with me. Listen, if you're caught up in all that, God is love, which he is, but the imbalance. God is love. He's lo Yeah, he's love. He's also holy. Our Bible describes God as holy more than it does him about love. Wait, 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 wait. And, 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 we, and we, we have to really think about these things because he, Shamil, he like drew a line. It's like, now, wait a minute. What kind of God draws a line? I thought he was, I thought anything goes with this guy. That's what's in the culture. And if you listen, and you're going to hear it more and more and more, you're going to hear this, this craziness coming up. You, you're going to hear it more and more. And I want you to know, like, wait a minute. I know he's love, but what about holiness? Some of you might already know, but I'm telling you. You're going to hear and you're going to be like, wait a minute. Wait a minute. What's really going on there? It's not shocking to us that he would draw a line, that God would have good boundaries. He wants you to have good boundaries. Why can't God have boundaries? Do we think about that? Oh, we have to draw boundaries so that we can have healthy, life-giving relationships. Oh, but we get that from God. <laughs> we get that from God. He says, there, there, there's, there's some ways about me. Uh, growing up, I would hear preachers talk about Jesus and his ministry going from come see Huge crowds, Jesus, you know, I'm gonna feed the 5,000, feed all the multitudes. Come see to come die. So we need to balance, right? Or otherwise, we just think, I'm God. I tell him how it goes. Okay, okay, that's not even in my notes, but I could feel you were right there. So I had to go there. <laughs> because in, in relationships, God has shown us that being holy and full of love, nothing but love, nothing but love, he has boundaries. So all the more in our relationships and how we relate with one another, boundaries ought to show up. That boundaries are a part of love. I was kind of wondering if somebody's behind me, I was like, give me a thing right there. Kind of a, almost kind of an inside, kind of an inside joke. Okay. See, y'all took me off task right there. I had to come back over here. Now, what we got to do, though, is we got to talk about the, how, how graphic this, this language of the cross is. This cross thing. A cross in their day was a form of capital punishment. Let that, let that sink in. It wasn't a necklace. A cross wasn't a necklace. A cross wasn't a logo for a T-shirt like, like we might be familiar with. A cross was like the electric chair or lethal injection. It seems clear from the reading and the way historians record this that a cross seemed to be way worse in some ways than what we experience in America today for capital punishment. So when Jesus' followers, when these disciples heard this language of a cross, 
when they heard this language of a cross being used, the picture that came to mind for them was one of execution. They got it. They picked it up. These listeners, these disciples, these friends, these men had seen these executions. They grew up seeing it. They had to explain it to their kids, their nieces and nephews. They had to hide their faces and the faces of family and friends. They had smelled the stench, heard the cries of desperation, and had the nightmares of seeing people executed on a cross. That form of execution had been around since 6th century B.C. until the 4th century A.D., So when Jesus used the language of the cross, a very graphic image came to mind. In crucifixion, a person was either tied or nailed to a wooden cross and left to hang until dead. Oh, man, I feel God's presence. Thank you, Lord. In crucifixion, a person was either tied or nailed to a wooden cross and left to hang until dead. Death would be slow and excruciatingly painful. Matter of fact, we get that word excruciatingly. If you break it down in the Latin, it means out of crucifying. So excruciating. Though the meaning of the cross has changed for us today because of Jesus' obedience to God, his listeners knew well what message he was communicating. Now, the cross, let's get to this real quick. The cross means, interpreting this, the cross means daily commitment to Jesus. Y'all repeat after me, say daily Daily. commitment Commitment. to Jesus. The kind of commitment that could result in physical death. Y'all say daily Daily. commitment to Jesus. Oh, much so important. The kind of commitment that could result in physical death. You guys have probably heard, and if you haven't, you can just Google. We have brothers and sisters in the faith who are living this part of what it means to follow Jesus. They are living and dying to this reality. They are losing their lives physically because of their commitment Because of their commitment, somebody say commitment, to Jesus. So, 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 as I was praying through this, I said, well, Lord, just help me just make it so simple and so clear so that we walk out and we say, oh, no, no, no. I know what it means. I know what it means. Because what has kind of happened, what has happened um, is people, uh, wrongly refer to situations they might be going through and and using terms like I'm carrying a cross and you know and we can identify with when someone's talking about a pain that they're going through but but it could really mess up the real message of what it means to carry a cross at, at least the way Jesus gives it to us here in the in the scripture sometimes you hear people say you know, oh, uh, this health crisis or this rough marriage or a child or family member that is estranged or like wild and out. That's my that's my cross to carry. Have you ever heard anybody say that? Maybe you've said it, you know, um, and I think we can all really understand where they're coming from. But don't get that twisted with what Jesus is actually saying in in, in the scripture, Jesus is saying to take up your cross is your commitment to me, period. <laughs> period. That's the only thing he's dealing with, your commitment to me. The cross you carry is your commitment to me. As I carry the cross, you carry a cross too if you're my follower. Y'all, y- uh, y'all, y'all got it? Okay, you got it. So to take up your cross and follow me is being willing to die daily, commit daily in following Jesus. It's called dying to self. It's a call and a pathway of absolute surrender. 
like, wow, Jesus, you just, you just really serious. I told you this graphic. This passage is real graphic. Jesus was like, no, I don't. Yeah, okay, that's good. I want your whole everything. I just gave that offering. Okay, that's good. I want all of you. I died for every part of you. I want all. I want all of you. So it's important to know in your relationship with Christ what he's ultimately going for. And in the mix of real life things, it's easy to forget what he's going for. He wants all of us in the mix of paying bills and running errands and planning things and going to get some, you know, I was going to say go to Dairy Queen. I don't know why Dairy Queen came on my head. But it's easy to kind of lose. Oh, wait a minute. You, you actually just want all of me. When I would teach this before at Bridge, I would say, all of me wants all of you. To kind of help us get it. But I just wanted to just kind of break that down. Uh, the language the Apostle Paul uses in a different passage, Jesus was telling the disciples to, de to deny whatever was sinful and walk in a new life through Christ. But the Apostle Paul said it this way in Galatians 2, 20. He said, I have been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live. This is deep. But Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. It's no longer I who live, but Christ is coming through me. If, if, if you were here when Del Becker gave that message, it would be, a, oh, snap, it's Jesus is what Galatians 2.20 is saying. Oh, snap, it's Jesus. Wait, who is that right there? Who is that? Wait, wait, wait. Who is that? Oh, snap. That's G. Oh, wait. No, that's Alana. But it's Jesus, because when I surrender my life to him, what you? that ain't really you. Is that Jamil or is it Jesus? Because of that grace, because of that, the scripture would use this shaping that Jesus does in our lives that makes us look more like him. And that shaping is, is, is it's easy to think about like a haircut or like, gardening where you manicure a lawn an external thing but the first place he starts shaping if you let him is your heart your interior your insides your guts your innards that's where he see he's working he's working in a place that we can't see he's gutting things and he's putting a light on things and he said it's time for us to deal with this he, he, he shapes us on the inside. And then over time, if you just stick with him long enough, it'll show up and people can see it. Oh, you've been with Jesus. You, you've been with Jesus. You've been with, you, 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 you've been with Jesus. Can I go a little deeper in this? Okay, y'all are real quiet. Y'all are just taking it in. Yeah, that's a lot. Yeah, right? Right, I'm trying MA for sure. Denying self is one thing, and, and, and it's, I think it's important to note just real quick that sometimes we talk about self-denial, self and, and I can see how these things are related, and you can too. Uh, Jesus said, deny yourself. Self-denial can kind of, it might be that you're denying yourself, but be careful if you or if you hear someone uh, you know, I'm such a martyr for the gospel. I've been fasting and praying. And I've been bearing these burdens. And I just really want you to look at my flesh. I want you to see me. And, you know, this walk with God is so hard. All this show. Because the focus isn't really Jesus. The focus is, look at me. Have pity on me. I'm a believer. And you know how hard it is, brother. It's like, watch the pride. It's a joy 
to follow Jesus. It's a privilege to follow Jesus. So you got to watch that stuff, okay? We, we don't really see that here but in our church so far, but just watch it be like, wait a minute. I thought the focus was Jesus. It sounds like to me you want some kind, somebody to throw you a party, a pity party. Amen? You just got to watch it. You, gotta, you just got to watch it. So Jesus is looking for somebody to say daily commitment to him. And I'm sure you've noticed that part of the word disciple has this word in it, dis- discipline. See how closely related those words are? Somebody said, uh-oh. <laughs> uh-oh, I'm going to be good. I'm going to be real good. Everyone is disciplined. Everyone is disciplined. You made the perfect face, Valerie. Because that was the question face. She's like, really? I used to teach this years ago. Everyone is disciplined. But not everyone's disciplines get them where they want to go. Lord, if I'm connected to you, Lord, would you do an inner work in me? Would you show me and teach me how to be with you in a way that you change me from the inside out? Lord, I'm not really concerned with behavior modification because if I change on the inside, the outside's going to line up. But would you do a, a work in me? Would you heal me from the traumas of my upbringing? Lord, would you get on the inside of me and just have your way? Would you teach me how to be still? Would you work on the real me? The real me. I I don't have time for games. I'm not showing up at a church to be phony. Lord, I'm seeking after you. I I want you to work inside. Those are the kind of disciplines that will shape us. Ask God to give you clarity about that kind of um, walk and that kind of perspective. Because you say, you see people, you see, and we talk about this a lot. You guys are probably tired of me saying it. But, uh, you know, I say, well, wait, you got all that Bible but you mean. <laughs> or you so holy and you're rude. The, it, it's got to get on the inside. You can, I can have a whole bunch of knowledge. The scripture says if I have love, I ain't got nothing. So until that love gets on the inside, gets deep within me, That's what we're going for. Jesus was, I'm not, it could sound like I'm dealing with ex- exterior things because we can understand those things the easiest. But we see with Jesus a balance of, I'll say it this way, lion and lamb. Sometimes you better roar. You're going to be holy. Sometimes you better be meek and gentle. But let it happen because Christ is abiding in your heart and you're abiding with him. Amen? Amen. But that's the work we're going for. I don't want to raise up a church that's just know a whole bunch of Bible verses and it's just faithful attendance and all this, all those things, those things, they can fool you. I, 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 I want that whole, whole person, that whole 1 Thessalonians 5.23 talks about body, soul, and spirit. I want a whole person. We want to raise up a people who are connected with God in every way, sexually, emotionally, financially, vocationally, in every way. So that when we show up on the scene, it'd be like, oh, snap, it's Jesus. (laughs) Amen. Amen. I had to cast a little vision. So we sign up every day to follow Jesus. It's not just a one-time thing. If, if, you're, if, you're, if you're practicing like we were talking about, it's an everyday, everyday thing. It's not like a... I remember back at camp, back in 1989. That's well, great what happened back in 1989. It's 2022 today. <laughs> I let my face do the preaching on that one. Let me share two quotes that speak to the success of a daily commitment. The first one is by this, uh, I don't know about these people's personal walks, so don't, don't get deep. 
just stay a little bit on the shallow with me on these because I did not do research into who these people people where they might be, but just listen. If you want to be an overnight success, this is uh, uh, Marie Forleo. If you want to be an overnight success, be an everyday hustler. Speaking to discipline, consistency. Speaking to somebody, say, er, day. Er, day, er, day. And this one right here. Babe Ruth is reported to have said, yesterday's home run doesn't win today's game." Just because I had a time where I actually slowed myself down to have a time with the Lord, that's great for yesterday, but what about today? I need him today. Not just yesterday when, oh, you know, I, I put myself in a position of receiving. That's really good. That's great. Let's do it. But today's Sunday. That was good for yesterday. What about today? And the next day. So setting myself up in a position to to, to receive from him and say, Lord, just want to sit with you. We don't have to do a scripture, Lord. We don't have to turn on any worship music. We don't have to pray. I just want to sit here in your presence. Just acknowledge that you're great and that you're good and that you've been faithful. If you want to direct me in any certain way, we can go there. I just want to hang with you. In your presence, there's fullness of joy. And so cultivating that on purpose cultivating it on on purpose. Jesus tells us to lose our lives the same way a seed yeah, somebody's with me. The same way a seed loses its life when planted in the ground. You will lose your form, the stuff you don't need, the stuff that's unnecessary. And you'll find it as the Lord grows you in his grace and knowledge. I know some of you guys love that butterfly. You will undergo a metamorphosis. Done by God. Not you trying to fix yourself. We have, we have to be mindful, but we, God does the work. <laughs> I, I just get to be in the relationship, but I can't fix myself because if I could fix myself, I wouldn't need him as my savior. So I'm, I get to go through a metamorphosis. I get to go from that caterpillar to that butterfly because I, I just want to sit with him and be still in him. And just, as we say it around here, enjoy him, enjoy Jesus. Knowing that even though I might not be able to put my finger on exactly what he's doing, he's doing a work on the inside of me. And he's saying, okay, you, you, you're talking about this prayer request, but you know what? I actually want us to deal with this. This thing right here. No, 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 no. You were talking about that. I heard you. Let's deal with this. And you get that when you sit with him. You were like, I thought we were going to talk about it. At least we could at least talk. Lord, I've been talking to you about that. At least you could have talked to me. You're like, no, no, no. We're going to talk about this. Because he's shaping you. The scripture says he's conforming you, making you look more and more like him, he's freeing you up from the burdens and traditions and all the garbage we pick up unknowingly most of the time. Then he said in, the, in a part of that, in the manifestations, he said in that manifestations card, he said that he would reward us. He will reward you. <laughs> he doesn't do anything small. I can only imagine what the rewards really look like. He said, he will reward you, what you do for him. I'm not trying to get you into some overdrive of work, so don't misunderstand anything. But he says, what you do for him, he said, he will reward you. Thank God he's not a liar. If he was a liar, we wouldn't be able to trust him. We, we, we'd be like, Ugh. But because he is impeccable in his character and perfect in all his ways, I can only imagine what he would mean, and we can dig into it. We can talk about it in, um, later on this year and all the rewards, things that he says for today and um, yet future, e eternal future. But he ties all this together in this way that says, I want you. Warts and all, I want you. I died for you. I rose again for you. I want you. That's what he's going after. That's what he's going after. 
service outside of a heart connection with him, that's not what he's going for. Giving money with outside of a heart connection with him, that's not what he's going for. Um, anything outside of love for him, he's not going for that. He's, he's going for connection. He's going for integration. He's going for we're in this together. I want to do this with you, in you, through you. That's what he's always going for. He's not a checkbox. He's going for building. Somebody say building. A relationship with you as you learn how to build a relationship with him. That's how you get to this place, I, I believe, of, you know, God forbid, God forbid that, you know, somebody would have a gun put to their head. I know it happens all the time, especially in other countries, but God forbid that would be the case for us. But the only chance we would ever have of being willing to die for Jesus is if we actually built a relationship with him. That's the only way. With outside of a relationship, we, we, we would deny him. So we're, we're building, we're, we're, we're learning what it looks like to reciprocate in a, in a relationship with an all-loving, all-knowing, all-knowing God. My, um, my household got hit with COVID in January. Wait, but before I say that, though, this, this is all so intense and heavy. I definitely encourage you, go back and review this and this message or the passage and just think it, think it through on the real. Hopefully, hopefully we're breaking it down well enough where you can see like, oh, okay, this is a wake-up call. This is an invitation to step into, Lord, I want to be close to you. Give me more of a desire to be as close to you as you have a desire to be close to me. And sometimes what people do is they get freaked out about the willing to die part and, and kind of miss the point of this is about building a relationship with Christ. I, I mean, I, I used to teach it like this at Bridge. I would say, well, why would you want to be in heaven with somebody you didn't even enjoy? You're going to be with him forever. Can you imagine being with somebody forever that you did not enjoy? That would be hell. <laughs> That's a preacher joke because y'all didn't really laugh. I was really laughing on that. I just thought that was so funny. Okay, so my household got hit with COVID in January. I know. So it was me, Pastor Mia, my wife, um, Auntie Kay, our cousin, and our five kiddos. We got hit with it. Obviously, we are fine and not contagious, or we wouldn't be up in here, okay? Somebody say thank you. We had to miss two Sundays in person in January, um, and we had to miss How We Love because of that. The kids had to miss all the school, but with there being five Sundays in January... We got to rejoin that last Sunday, that last Sunday. And I'm so thankful, again, for online church and being able to participate that way. Now, for those of you who know me now, um, you, you kind of know I'm, I'm very sensitive about time. And um, it's, it's not a shock, you know, whatever. But if you go back to, like, childhood dentist, um, I, got, I got some academic awards and things like that. But you know what I, what I got to all the time? Perfect attendance. <laughs> I got years of perfect attendance from first grade through 12th grade. Years of it. I didn't get all 12 years, but the majority of the years I got perfect attendance. Because there's just this like thing with me and like, I made this commitment and it's going to happen. And, you know, and the Lord's, Lord's blessed me in that. So just, just imagine young Dennis and. The Lord has had to deliver me from some things. We'll save that for another day. Um, but uh, Pastor Me will tell you if I set a calendar date, oh, it's like, ooh, and I'm, I'm way, way better than what I used to be. But if I set a calendar date, you better believe. 
I'm going to be there. I'm ready. You know, I'm going to do everything in my power. Really, really, really intense uh, that way. And, and like I even said, I, I've even been delivered of some things with that. So if you can imagine, just keep me in prayer. <laughs> so things got thrown and with all the COVID stuff and we got thrown off track as you're it's supposed to happen when you do that, whatever. But in that window while we were out, I was celebrating the anniversary of one of my favorite uncle's home goings, his transition, um, Uncle Kenny. And, you know, with our prayers, it's a church. He beat cancer the first time, but the second time when it came back, he went on to be with the Lord. And he was only in his 60s. And so I was processing stuff. And if you all heard uh, a little bit of my testimony from last week, I was also processing some spiritual warfare over our DBS launch, which happens next week. Whoop, whoop. And some of you um, um, know this, but because of how we live in Santa Clarita and the actual physical location of the building uh, where the church meets is here in Pasadena, I just will find a Starbucks and work. So I've kind of gotten into a little rhythm of this is my Starbucks. I go in. I pray for the people. They say, hey, did it. I mean, it's like a whole thing. It's like it's like a whole thing. And it, it's really great. It's really fun. Um, but for some reason, by the time I was given the clearance to go back out, all those Starbucks were under renovation. I know. And I was like, uh. And then, then, on top of that, there's been nothing but cold showers in the Lamar household. Yeah, the water heater has been acting up. It's been acting up. And I'm not a cold shower guy. I'm not a cold shower guy. And I'm like, okay. And th these are all first world problems for sure, okay? But you'll see why I shared that. Um, you'll see why I shared that in a second. So by the first, first day of February, uh, that Tuesday, I found myself sitting alone in an unfamiliar kind of spot, a little coffee shop. And I had slowed down to ask myself a question to help me locate what was going on with me in that particular moment. The question I asked myself was, am I feeling tired or am I feeling sad so I stood up for a second to kind of stretch my legs and see if I could get that question answered and in a flash one of the questions we've been we've been discussing and how we love out of chapter four came rushing to me in a in my moment of discomfort the question I heard in my heart was what do you do with discomfort do you turn to things or turn to people for comfort came to me and if you've never done an assessment question like that, I highly encourage you to do so. I was so grateful that the Lord brought that question to me at that exact moment because I could see that in my moment of discomfort that I had options. Come on, you, you, you with me? Where or what would I do for comfort? I was feeling discomfort and vulnerability, and I had no choice, and excuse me, and I had a choice to make on how I was going to get relief. Are you with me? So I returned to my seat. I grabbed my pen to journal with the Lord. I felt like he said, I'm your rock. In all the instability and upheaval, I'm your rock. You're out of rhythm, but keep pace with me. You're tired from all the adjusting and pivoting. But I have the answers. His word, his heart came to me. And with it, the refreshing came. Then my eyes started watering up in gratitude. Yeah, even in a coffee shop, I'll, I'll go there. The relief of God's presence touched me through his word. And then a few minutes later, he even, I believe, sent someone to comfort me through a right-on-time phone call. And all we did in that phone call was just worship. The Lord is faithful. A momentary crisis was averted. How many of you know that regardless of your decision to follow Christ or follow certain values or convictions, we are all one decision away from stupid? Ooh, and if you don't know that, ooh, let me, let me, just, let me just pray for you. Maybe you get it by impartation to save you a lot of grief and trouble. I always have one decision away from stupid. And in that vulnerability, in that kind of little discomforting thing, I, was, I could see. It's like I could see the scenarios, what could be if I didn't choose how I was supposed to choose. When life is going the way we want or expect it to, following Jesus is in 
relative terms, easy. Our commitment gets revealed during our vulnerabilities, trials, and the stuff of life. Jesus said in John 16, I have said these things to you that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but take heart. I have overcome the world. What do you do with discomfort? Do you turn to things or people for comfort? Will you put that question up for me, Mitch? What do you do with discomfort? Do you turn to things or people for comfort? Do you turn to, I'm going to work more? Because work's positive, right? So I'll just work more. And I'll just not pay attention to the fact that I'm hurting or that I'm sad or that I'm going through something in my heart. I'm just going to work harder. And I'm going to get awards and accolades and promotions <laughs> over my pain because I don't have enough sense to sit my tail down somewhere and have a real conversation with Jesus. I'm just going to work harder. Oh, I've been there. Oh, I've been there. Anybody else been there? Oh, it's just me. Y'all don't know. <laughs> it's just it's just me. Just learn from me. Just learn. My mistakes will help you. <laughs> Make myself sick. We'll talk about that some other time. What do you do? Do you turn to things? Oh, you know, I wonder what's on Amazon today. Ooh, we don't need that, but it won't hurt to have it. We don't need that either, but it won't hurt to have it. Or is it? I feel like ice cream. Then two gallons later. Take a look at this little acronym. Hungry, angry, lonely, tired. Take a look at it. You'll notice it says halt. When you're in these places, when I'm in these places, the wisest thing we can do is just stop and take a beat. Halt means stop. Just don't make a decision with these. Th you you want to be clear-minded before you move ahead, move ahead. Some of you guys are teasing one another because you guys know how you get when you're hungry or whatever. That's like, who are you? <laughs> or whatever. But in those moments of vulnerability, Asking ourselves the question of what we're going to turn to is going to be so helpful. I could see, oh, man, I said crisis averted. Oh, either I'm going to go into something unhealthy, form a new addiction. Real talk. Come on, come on, talk with me. Or I'm going to, it was by grace that I got with Jesus in that moment. That was just the grace of God. Mercy of God that I got with Jesus in that moment because it, it could be one of the, oh, well, I don't really know what to do. Or I'm just so tired. Go to sleep. Please go to sleep. No, don't get on the internet. No, 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 no. Don't get on social media. No, 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 no. Say your prayer and go to bed. Jesus, I love you. Good night. <laughs> Am I helping anybody? External comforts have their healthy place. But building a life of comfort is the biggest threat to our commitment with Jesus. He's trying to shape us and form us and make us more like him. And then the comforts are taking us more into being uh, fleshly, being uh, inferior in our choices and decisions, working against a sanctifying, a work that God does to bring us into wholeness and to um, integration where our lives line up fully. We're just not Bible knowers, but we're Bible doers. And people enjoy being around us because love and grace and truth can come out of us. External comforts have their healthy place. But building a life of comfort is the biggest threat to our commitment with Jesus. There is a comforter inside of you. In your very interior, there is a comforter. You will know his comfort as you keep your commitment to him, as you position yourself to enjoy him and even do things with him and for him. You're going to feel. You're going to know. Knowing is the better word. 
you'll look back and say, oh, I really, you will know God's comfort. You will know God's empowering presence because you're doing and you're being about what he's made your soul for. So I'm going to, you're going to do this stuff at your work and at your job. Oh, you're going to know my comfort in ways you've never known it before. Because it's not really you. It's me working through you. I'm going to empower you like you're not used to being uh, empowered because you're going to face some challenges and some obstacles. So I'm going to empower you with comfort so that you keep on. So that your weakness doesn't become your liability, but your weakness is where you say, I'm going to boast all the more in my weakness. So that his comfort would be increased and strengthened in me. Jesus says on one hand, take up your cross, and on the other hand, he tells you to receive rest from him. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, and I will give you rest. Isn't that interesting? This is no surprise. You have a comforter living inside of you by way of the Spirit. The Bible says you have the holy comforter living on the inside of you. Say, comfort lives inside of me. Ready to give you the relief, the strength to face the trials, challenges, and mundane things of life of all kinds so that you can keep your commitment to him, so that you can enjoy Jesus. You have to ask him for help. He doesn't lie. John 14, 26 says it like this. But the comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you, the comforter lives on the inside of you. Matthew eleven twenty eight. 28, I just want to make sure you know it's there. I'm not making it up. Come to me, all who, hate, who, who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Taking up your cross and following Jesus means you're going to get rest? Yes. Don't seem like it goes together, but it does. When I say comfort, you say won't win. Comfort, comfort. When I say comfort, you say won't win. Comfort, comfort. When comfort becomes the enemy, Jesus can't take the will. When comfort becomes the enemy, you become unreliable and a commitment phobe. When comfort becomes the enemy, you stay in debt and greed. When comfort becomes the enemy, you protect your comfort and convenience at the expense of caring for your family and friends. When comfort becomes the enemy, your health deteriorates faster. Somebody shout, but. When your commitment to Jesus wins. Amen. Jesus repays you, says repays you. When your commitment to Jesus wins, your legacy, your bloodline is blessed. Your children's children are blessed. When your commitment to Jesus wins, you have done the will of the Father. When your commitment to Jesus wins, you win. You win. When your commitment to Jesus wins, you get more Jesus. Amen. I have a mentor who basically says it like this. Everything you want in your life is outside of your comfort zone. Everything you want in your life is outside of your comfort zone. We have to be careful to make sure that comfort doesn't become our enemy, that we keep comfort in its right place. Because if we don't, Comfort will become our Lord. And it will define and make up really what our life is about. Who we didn't love. Who we didn't reach for or stretch for. I'm going to pray into this. Worship team, we need to sing into this. I had some more. We'll save it for some other day. We need to pray into it right now. Lord, I thank you for your presence here. I thank you, Lord. I thank you for those who are receiving right now. They're, they're being reminded of your awesome love for them. <laughs> they're knowing that you love them. 
and that everything that you are speaking to their heart right now that you are completely worthy of. Help me continue to walk this out by your grace. That is, it's, it's not a burden. You said in your word, your, your, your commands, the things you ask of us, they, they're not burdensome. So Lord, just give me, give us all a heart for you. Would you, in the time as we're worshiping you, Lord, would you just break through whatever blocks us from seeing how much you enjoy us individually? Lord, that's my prayer, that you would just break through and that we would live a life with you where we are learning what it is to enjoy you right back. As you enjoy us, we, 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 we're up for the challenge by your Holy Spirit to see what it's like to dance with you, to know you, to come running into your arms, to trust you, knowing that as we do that, every area of our lives, our kids, our marriages, our businesses, our health, we can trust you with it all. Just break through, Lord, and help us see. Give us revelation of how much you enjoy us, that we are fearfully and wonderfully made that we are your craftsmanship created for good works before the foundation of the world. Give us revelation, insight, breakthrough, breakthrough as we worship you. In Jesus' name.